Welcome to the City Church Sermon Podcast. City Church is a new church plant located in the beautiful city of Frisco, Texas. We pray that the following message will bless your life and help you to a dynamic and powerful walk with Christ. If you have any questions about our church and about who we are, please feel free to visit our website, citychurchfrisco.org, or feel free to email us at hello at citychurchfrisco.org. Thanks for listening. So when I was about, I don't know, 10 years old, I remember that I was at school, right, and I, and I, um, I was having some issues. I, I couldn't see the board anymore. And I was one of those kids that um, was a little shy, but I had some friends, you know, not maybe I wasn't the most popular kid in, in the school, but we had the little group of kids that we ran together with, right? And we had this one kid that, that wore glasses, and we kind of made fun of him. All right, we were kids. This is kind of what we do, right? And um, I remember that when I started having issues, just I would sit midway. I wouldn't sit in the back, but I remember I'd sit midway in the class, and this was around fifth grade. I remember that all of a sudden, one day I just remember just looking and what's going on? Like, I can't, I have to squint. I can't see. And I, I kept it to myself. I didn't want to tell my parents because I kind of figured, you know what, I might need some help in this. And fifth grade went by, and I got through it. I managed to get through. But then sixth grade, it just got even harder. I remember that there were a couple times I'd have to sit in the back of the, of the class, and when the teacher was writing on the board, there's no way I could see what she was writing. And even as hard as I would squint, I just could not see what was up on the board. So I remember finally telling my dad, Dad, um, I think I need to go to the doctor. I can't see very well. Um, so I remember that when I went to the doctor, they checked my eyesight, and it turns out, yes, Daniel, you need glasses. And, and I remember my first pair of glasses, right? And th- these are not it. But I remember taking out my first pair of glasses, and they were gold, okay? I was a sixth grader with the gold frames, and big old, you know, I was going to be the cool kid now, right? And I remember putting them on, and I remember just what a difference in my life it caused. It was unbelievable what clarity all of a sudden came into my life when I put these little simple pieces, uh, 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 these little frames with little pieces of plastic and Now I could see. I could see things that I had been missing, colors that I couldn't see. And it was just, it was a life changer, to be honest with you. Okay? Now, they weren't the most attractive pair of frames. They weren't like like some of the ones that I see nowadays. And I think, man, I don't think I could pull that off, but it looks good on them. Right? And these are some old frames that I have, and I don't wear them. But... I just remember what a life changer it was for me. I remember now I could sit in the back of the class. I had no issues. I'd been having issues with, uh, with seeing at night. I couldn't see. It was hard to see at night. I needed help. Amen. Now, in the Bible, there's something that, that is told to us throughout the Bible. That one of the biggest themes in the Bible it's about our sight. It's about the things that you and I can see. And 
The Apostle Paul, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18, he says that we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. We fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. We're in the middle of a, of a sermon series we're calling I Have Decided. And, and we, we, I said in the beginning that these next four weeks we're going to be four decisions that you and I can make that I believe can change our lives, that I know can impact our lives and impact this year that we're coming up, right? 2016 is gone. We're now in 2017, and we're already towards the end of February, and March is fast approaching, and some of our resolutions, they've, they've gone by, but, but there are still decisions that you and I can make for this year and for the rest of our lives that can impact us and that can change our lives forever. The first one that we talked about was that I have decided to follow Jesus. The second one uh, last week was I have decided to be a great friend. That as we connect with Jesus, we're going to automatically want to connect with others because Jesus said, love God with all your heart, with all your, all your mind, all your, all your strength, with all your soul, with everything that you have, love God. But also, I give you another command that it is love your neighbor. And today... I want us to, to make this decision in our lives that I have decided to live by faith, not by sight. I have decided to live by faith, not by sight. So in 2 Corinthians 4.18, Paul says, We fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, what you and I see here, we're not going to see for eternity. We're not going to see forever. Our, 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 our eyesight is going to fade away. And one day, this is not what we're going to see on this earth. But we got to fix our eyes on those things that are unseen. God is spirit. And we can't see God. But that's where we need to fix our eyes. But see, sometimes we have some trouble. And like I had trouble in the beginning when I was in fifth grade and sixth grade. I couldn't see the board. I couldn't see the, if you remember the transparencies, I couldn't see and I couldn't write my notes. I was having trouble and I needed these little frames with these little plastic round uh, uh, things in them to be able to help me see and it's the same thing in, in our spiritual lives that there are times where you and I have difficulty in seeing that which is, which is unseen. And we need to put on our, our lenses that are called faith. Amen. So that we can have vision. So that we can extend forward and, and look and see what God's will is for our lives and 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says that we live by faith, not by sight. We live by faith, 
not by sight. Let's pray. Father, I come before your presence. I thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord, because your word is living. Your word is active. Your word speaks into my heart, and I know it speaks into the hearts of my brothers and sisters. It speaks into the heart of those who are searching for you, those who are hungry for your word, those who are in need of a word. And today, Lord, we come together as a church and we declare, Lord, that we are in need of a word. We are in need. We are hungry for you. And we just ask you, Lord, that you speak into our lives. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. So Paul says we need a, a, a vision tool that, that we need to live by faith. We need to forget about the things that you and I can see and understand that it's not about what we see, but it's about something called faith. But in order to live by faith and not by sight, we need to understand a few things, okay? Uh, and, and this is where it becomes interesting, and this is where it becomes a challenge in our lives, okay? The very first thing I want you and I to understand is that living by faith sometimes begins with a difficult challenge. Okay, because the truth is that most of the time we are unaware of our need for faith until we face something we can't control. Right? If everything was easy, if everything always went well in our lives, then what use would faith do? What, what would faith do for us? But see, sometimes we don't realize that you and I need faith until we come against an obstacle. We come against something that is very difficult in our lives. It could be a lo the loss of a job. It could be a sickness. It could be the loss of a loved one. It could be any circumstance that comes and brings adversity into our lives. And until that happens, we are not aware of our need for faith until something comes along that you and I have no control over. Matthew chapter 15, if you want to turn your Bibles there, we're going to be spending some time here the next 20, 25 minutes. Matthew chapter 15, there's a very interesting story. I, I, most of you have already read through this. If you're going through the gospel challenge, we should be past Matthew chapter 15. Amen. And we read about this story of a Canaanite woman that runs across Jesus. And she's facing a problem. She's facing an issue, something that she can't control in her life, and she needs help. And in Matthew chapter 15, verse 21, the Word of God says that leaving that place, Matthew 15, 21, leaving that place, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. A Canaanite woman from that vicinity came to him crying out, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is demon-possessed and suffering terribly. My daughter is demon-possessed and suffering terribly. So here we see a mom that is, is facing a challenge. She is facing something that she can't control, something that she didn't obviously ask for, something that was very unexpected in, our li in her life. And she's crying out to God, Lord, I need help. Have mercy on me. 
Because so and so, this is what is happening. And many times in our lives, we find ourselves in this position. Something is happening. And maybe we haven't really thought about the need for faith in our lives in a while. Yeah, we go to church. We, we're faithful at church. We show up on Sundays. We go to our city groups. We, we read the word. But it isn't until something difficult happens when we realize, whoa, I can't, I can't see. There's uncertainty. I, I, I don't know what's going to happen, and, and we need faith. We need to begin to look at things. I need to begin to look at things through the lenses of faith. Yeah. My daughter is demon-possessed and suffering terribly. So we got to understand that when you and I are going to exercise our faith, it's not going to be in the, in the best circumstances. Our faith is exercised through difficult circumstances. So should we give thanks to God for, for those, those challenges that come into our lives and say, Lord, thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for this opportunity that I have now to demonstrate my faith to you. Because the second thing that is really real is that difficulties often seem, not all the time, but many times they often seem to get worse before they get better. You're going through a difficult thing, difficult time, and before things get any better, it seems like things just go downhill really quickly. And here we find this lady pleading to God, to Jesus, Jesus, have mercy on me. Help me. Help my daughter. I need for you to intervene. I need for you to do a miracle in my life. And what's interesting is Jesus' response to her. Verse 23, Jesus did not answer a word. Jesus did not answer a word. Have we ever been there that we're pleading with God? Lord, I need an answer. I need you to work in my life. I need this miracle. I need you to have mercy. I need you to answer me. I, 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 your word says, uh, call unto me and, and I, will, I will answer and I will show you things that are great and you that are hard to understand. And, and we call out to the Lord and, and yet... It feels like just Jesus, that God just doesn't want to answer. And it's interesting because he says that, it says that Jesus did not answer a word. So his disciples came to him and urged them, send them away, for she keeps crying after us. Come on, Jesus. We know you hear her. Everybody's looking. People are looking, people are staring. Do something. Just tell her to go away or, or heal her, answer her prayer. Do something. And Jesus answered, I was only sent. I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. Wow. This doesn't sound like the Jesus that I know. I thought that if I called out to Jesus... I thought that if every moment that I can just 
call out to the Lord. The Lord's going to answer my prayers. And the Lord is... But again, I go back to difficulties at times often seem to get worse before they get any better. And see, here's the deal, church. The Lord is far more interested in developing our characters than he is interested in you having success at work necessarily. Yeah, it's good that you have success at work. But God is more interested in your soul. We just sang the things that you and I consider to be successes here on this earth. We just sang uh, this song about when we come before God's presence, uh, all things are un- we are undone, all things are made new. And I love the line that it says that, that uh, all our, our gains fade away before the presence of God. Those things that you and I achieve here on this earth, they don't impress our God. What is going to impress our Lord and what's going to touch our God's heart is that you and I are humble before him. And we continue to pursue after him in in the face of difficulty, in the face of these circumstances that seem to be so unfair at times. James chapter 1, verse 2 to 4 says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, that whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance, and let perseverance finish its work so that you, can be, so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. See, this is what God is after in our lives, that we can grow in perseverance, that we can grow and maturity in our lives. And, and the reason that I feel that sometimes we, we, unneed, we don't put on these lenses of faith in our lives is because we don't want to face the realities that there are times that God wants us to go through the fire. There's a promise in the Bible In Psalm chapter 23, that we don't have to go through the valley of death alone. We don't have to go through the fire alone. We don't have to go through these difficulties and circumstances alone. The third thing today is that a persistent faith is always rewarded by God. Matthew 15, 25, the woman came and knelt before him after Jesus had said, I was only sent to the lost sheep of Israel. The woman came and knelt before him, Lord, Lord, help me. She said, he replied, it's not right. This is a hard, this is harsh. It's not a right, it's not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Mm. Wow. So as I was reading this and I was thinking about this and meditating this, I, I, I was like, wow, Lord, that, that's, that's hard because you did come to the Gentiles also. Now, we got to understand the context. The Canaanites, they were, they were not loved and they were not at all liked by the, by the, by the Israelites. They, they, did not, they could not see each other. And, and the disciples were at a point where, you know what, Lord, 
You need to send her away because she's following after us. We only came this way because we're trying to avoid some of the crowds. And now we're not able to get the R&R that we wanted. We are not able to get the rest that we needed. And she keeps persisting. And this woman just kneels before the Lord and says, help me, help me. And he was testing her. Well, let's see. Let's see how truly you believe in the grace and the mercy that you've heard of. Let's see how deep your faith can be. And it seems like as we read the word that as soon as he said this, this lady does not miss a beat. And she says, yes, it is, Lord, she said. Even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus said to her, woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. And her daughter was healed at that moment. A persistent faith is always rewarded by God. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 says that without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. If you and I don't have our, our faith lenses on, what's going to happen? The moment that we can't see ahead of us, the moment that there's no clarity before us, we, we decide to take a different route. We decide to, to maybe uh, figure things out on our own. And we don't allow God to do what he needs to do in our lives because we give up. We just don't have the faith that is required. I'm going to invite you to open your Bibles to Luke chapter 11. So Jesus is teaching his disciples on on prayer, how to pray. And then in verse 5, it's very interesting what he says here. This is a, a parable that he says a story. In 11.5 of, of Luke, he says, He said to them, Suppose one of you has a friend. And he goes to him at midnight and says, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread, because a friend of mine on a journey has come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. Then the one inside answers, Don't bother me. The door is already locked and my children are with me in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. Verse 8, I tell you though, he will, he will not get up and give him the bread because he is his friend. Yet because of this man's boldness, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. Verse 9, so I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek. And you will find, knock, and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds, and to him who knocks, the door will be open. We got to, Lord. Jesus said that that friend wasn't going to get up just because he 
asked or because he was a friend. No, because if it was just because of he was a friend, he would have gotten up immediately. But no, what was it? It was that he was up at midnight knocking on the door and said, come on, friend, I need this help. I need you to give me some bread. I need for you to be here. I need you to open the door. I need you. I need you. I need something. There's something. There's a need in my life, and I won't give up until the door is open. How persistent have we been in our faith? How persistent have you been in your seeking? How persistent have you been in your knocking, church? Maybe you've been asking God, Lord, my marriage needs some help. I need you to fix my marriage. I need you to to open uh, something new in our marriage because our marriage is broken. Our marriage is fading. We ask once, we knock maybe twice, then it gets harder and harder and because we run out of faith and we run out of, we don't put on our, our lenses, we stop knocking. We become content or we resign ourselves to the fact that things are not going to get any better. A persistent faith, maybe it's a job, you know, Lord. I need a different job. The situation I'm in right now, the environment's not a good environment for me. Uh, there's too many people that are affecting my walk with you. There's too many people that are causing me a lot of, uh, a lot of stress. There's, something needs to change. Or, or maybe it's you need some more income. And, and, and we feel like God doesn't answer. But Jesus said, knock. Ask. Even if you think God is silent, you got to remember God is developing our character. Because through that development of character, through developing perseverance, it doesn't matter what the devil may throw at us. It doesn't matter what life may throw at us. It doesn't matter what anyone around us will do to us. Because we know that if God got us through it, through us, through it one time, he'll do it again. God will do it again. So what does it mean to live by faith? And what does it mean to live by faith? Okay, that sounds good, Pastor. So so if I'm going to live by faith and and not by sight, well, what should I begin to do? What should I do? Well, number one, you got to believe God when when you don't see it. So to live by faith means that I'm going to believe God even when I don't see it. God says that I'm more than a conqueror. Well, I don't really see it in my life because a lot of things have gone wrong, but because God says it, I'm going to believe it. The Bible says that he carried all our infirmities, all of our sickness. I've been sick or I've been praying for someone that's sick, and I just don't see it, but I'm putting on my lenses of faith, and I'm continuing to walk. I'm believing it. The second thing you got to do is you got to obey God when when you don't understand it. Lord, I don't understand. How many times have you have you told your those of you that have kids, right? How many times have you told your kids, "Hey, I need you to do this." Why? Why me? Cuz I said so. Why? It doesn't matter why. It's cuz I said for you to do it. 
If I sat here and draw, drew this beautiful diagram of, of why you should listen to me and I explain to you step by step, you still are going to ask me why. No, it becomes a question of obedience. Not of understanding why. It's about obedience. Obeying. Obey God even when I don't understand it. Or you want me to drive how far to church? Yes. That's the situation I'm in right now. I don't understand it, but you're calling me there. I'm, all right, I'm going. Lord, you want, me to, you want me to lead a city group? Never done that in my life. But yet, I'm going to obey God. Even though I don't understand it, I'm going to obey You want me to talk to who at, at work and tell them about you? Do you know what she did? Do you know what he did to me? It's not about why. It's about obedience. You want me to give my life to you? Sometimes we wait to give our lives to God until we feel it. Church, it's not about what we feel. It's about obedience. It's about you and I understanding what the truth is and understanding what reality is and saying, you know what, I may never necessarily feel it, but I have to obey we got to obey God when I don't understand it. Number three, we got to give to God when we don't have it. You want me to go on a Saturday and spend time here and do what? I don't have the time. Well, God is asking you to do it. i got to give to God even when I feel I don't have it. Number four, we got to persist with God. When I don't feel like it. Come on, church. Some of you that are maybe more holy than I, you might wake up every morning and you're like, man, I'm ready to spend three hours in prayer. But there's going to be days that you wake up and you don't feel like praying. What are you going to do? You got to persist. And I am going to read the Bible all the way through this year. I'm going to complete the gospel challenge in the 30 days. And 11 o'clock rolls around. You realize you haven't read your three chapters for the day. And you're like, oh, my goodness. I'll catch up tomorrow. Then the next day goes by. And then you are five days behind. And you're like, whose idea was the gospel challenge? <laughs> we got to persist. We got to persist even when you and I don't feel like it. Number five, we got to thank God before we receive it. You may be sick. The doctor may have given you some bad news. You may, found, you may have found out some really bad news at work. Or maybe something has happened terrible in your life. But you and I need to come before God and say, thank you, Lord, because I know you're going to turn it around. It hasn't happened yet. But you know what? Here comes Sunday. I'm going to be there worshiping because I know. I got my glasses on. I don't see it, but, oh, now I see it. It hasn't happened, but it's going to look good when it happens. Number six, we got to this is the hard one. We got to trust God even if we don't get it. 
even if God says no. Sometimes we think that God doesn't answer prayers, but sometimes the answer to the prayer is no. Does that mean that we, God has failed us? No, that means that we need to trust God, that he knows what's better for us. Just like we expect for our children to, to trust us. You know what, that kid's not good for you, that friend is not good for you, that, that young man is not good for you, that young girl's not good for you, you need to, you need to trust me. You may not understand it, and I, I can't explain it all to you, but you just got to you gotta trust me. And, and God is the same way, you know what, I know you're asking for this, and I know you keep knocking, and I know you're persisting, and I'm going to give you the answer, and the answer is no. That new job that you're asking for, that's going to take time away from me? No. That new, that new uh, man that you want in your life, right? Not the, not the married people, right? Okay. <laughs> married people are not asking for new men or new women. For, the, for those of the single ones here, right? There's not a lot, but there's some. No, he's not good for you. She's not good for you. I'm, no. Son, daughter, the answer is no. And we, we don't like to hear no. You don't like to hear no. So what does it mean to live by faith? I got to believe God when I don't see it. I got to obey God when I don't understand it. I got to give to God when I don't have it. I got to persist with God when I don't feel like it. I got to thank God before I even receive it. And I got to trust God even if I don't get it. See, what happens with faith is that as you and I begin to learn how to use it, I remember when I first started wearing glasses and um, I remember that I would put them on and something strange would happen with me. It's my, um, my nose right here, it would become, it would go numb. I don't know, I guess the pressure from the, where, I don't know what they're called, but where the, it would sit on my nose would cause a lot of numbness here, and then it would bother my ears. It was just very uncomfortable. Faith can be uncomfortable. Because it's asking us to do all this, despite that we're not seeing it happen right now. And when I, when, I, when I decided, you know what, I'm going to ask my wife to marry me, and I, I, I remember we were getting ready, one of the things I said, man, I don't want to take a bunch of pictures with glasses on. <laughs> so I had already tried contacts one time, and, and I said, I didn't like it. I couldn't put them in. I had a difficult time. It just wasn't something that I was going to do, right? I had decided I'm just going to keep wearing glasses. And I had gotten, I had updated my frames, right? But they still weren't very cool. I didn't like them. I hardly would wear them. And that was the other thing that because they bothered me so much, I would not wear them. I remember that we decided, my wife decided to get married, right? And and I and I and we we set the date, and I thought, okay, I'm gonna have to go get contacts. So I went and got contacts. I was fitted. It took me a long time to finally be able to do it on my own, put in the contacts and, and even take them out. And, and I would, they would just bother me at times. But finally, finally, it got to a point where, okay, I can do this. 
And see, faith is the same thing. You may put it on at first and it's uncomfortable. You can't see clearly. You, 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 it feels a little bit different if you take a step because the glasses, the, the lens of faith doesn't feel the same because you know uh, that it hasn't happened yet, but you got to walk like it's already happened. It hasn't happened yet, but you got to be grateful like it's already happened. And you don't have it to give, but I'm going to give it anyways because uh, God is asking me to do it. Uh, it's hard to trust, but I'm going to trust. But that's where James said that perseverance that grows. The more you do it, the more you put those glasses on, the more you walk with them, the more you use the lenses of faith that God has given us, the more you begin to get confident in that, and that God will answer our prayers. And whether the answer is yes, I will do it, or no, we can come to church. We can be at home and just raise our hands and give him all the honor and all the glory. Because at the end of the day, we know that he knows what's best for us. He knows the, the depths of our heart. And where you and I cannot see the big picture, we can't see the big picture. We don't know what's going to happen five years from now. You don't know what's going to happen 10 years from now. You don't know what's going to happen in our, in our family. And we expect God to give us answers now. But God is saying no. Many times we get impatient with God because we live in a society where we want answers right away. But throughout the Bible... When you start in Genesis and you move all the way to Revelation, the promises of God are generational promises. God is a God of generations. We expect that God had promised me something. We expect to get it right now. But many times we forget that there is family that's coming along with us. And God promised Abraham that your descendants will be greater than all the stars you see in the heavens. See, all the sand in the, in the ocean will not even begin to, to number what your descendants, what the people, the nation that you will become. And you know what? Abraham never saw it. But he believed God. The Bible says that he believed God and it was counted to him towards righteousness. And he was called a friend of God. Church, can we decide to live by faith and not by sight? It doesn't matter the challenge you're facing. God is with you. It doesn't matter the, the, the size of the problem. You got to keep knocking. 